words to describe Kathleen Cook are fascinating and hopeful. Kathleen's story of her life, her experiences of changing her heart and everyone around her is fascinating. She's hopeful in leading others closer and closer to Jesus every day. You constantly hear hope in her voice. You're going to love our conversation. Here we go. have Kathleen Cook. She's a media executive, actor, speaker, writer, and founding partner of Cook Pictures. So we're so thankful to have you here today. Kathleen, we have a lot of things we could talk about to get today. Your life is so fascinating, so intriguing. And I really just feel like you're taking so much territory for God's glory. Um, so let's just kind of dig in if that's okay. Well, with you. thank you so much, Alita, for having me today. It's yes. always so fun to talk about Jesus yes. and how God can be a part of our lives and and be in and through our lives. Yeah. No matter what we're doing, whatever, wherever we are today. Well, and you're in a lot of places. I'm so intrigued with your international travel. You are traveling all the time. <laughs> Why do you do that? Well, I, you know, I'm blessed, Alina, with being able to be a part of a production company, our Cook Media Group uh -huh. that has sent us all over the world. We also have our nonprofit called the Influence Lab, which helps yeah. Christians use media more effectively. That's the focus of that. Yeah. You know, we're all in media. If we own a cell phone, we're in media. That's true. And so my joy is being able to share with Christians around the world how to use media, how to use our cell phones. There, there are f film festivals now that you can enter your films on just shot on an iPhone. Oh, yeah. So being able to go around the country, being able to go around the world and share with me other media professionals on how to use media effectively yeah. so that they can tell their story. Yeah. Isn't that what it's all about? It's yeah. telling our story. And I've heard you say you have three bags packed for <laughs> this month. <laughs> yes. That's got to feel good yes. when you're used to traveling all the time well, like that. Well, you know, post-COVID, I'm going, I'm kind of lamenting it a little bit. <laughs> I have to say we were in eight countries pre-COVID. In yep. fact, I was, we, we, we just finished shooting our last documentary when things shut down for wow. COVID. Um, and we were scheduled for eight more. I was supposed to go to Milan when it all hit in yeah. March. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was the hot bed in the, in the world at the time. Yeah. And um, so we're gearing up again for all of that. But needless yeah. to say, you know, God is alive all over the world. And I feel so privileged yeah. to be able to have that mirror, that picture, being able to see what's happening around the world in people's yeah. lives and how God is moving in them. Yeah, and the pandemic really brought a lot of things to a halt, but it's been interesting to see that shift, that pivot, the transformation that has been happening because of it. So how has that impacted what you guys do? And share with us kind of, you know, what you do and then how that has really shifted lately. So Cook Media Group has done a little bit of everything from Super Bowl spots. We've done huge commercials to feature films. We yeah. executive produced the Hillsong film, Let Hope Rise. Wow. Um, the Insanity of God, which was a fathom one night sellout around the country. Wow. And then they came back and said, we want to show it again. Um, so that was huge. That was just in the last few years. But we've shot in over 60 countries around the world. Wow. And 
And um, when COVID hit, of course, what one of the messages that we've been speaking about for years was trying to get ministries and churches, um, those with a story to tell, how to tell that story effectively yeah. and how to get that word out. And so when COVID hit, all of a sudden, a lot of these churches and ministries said, oh, we get it now. Yeah. We're supposed to be online. We're supposed to be on digital. We're supposed to be doing that where God, you know, Facebook is the largest country in the world. Yeah. So who, so why aren't we working in that country to provide yeah. uh, stories, to have churches in that country, to provide ministry in that yeah. country? That's where we need to be in the digital world. Yeah. And so that hit. And, right. And, you know, I, I work in Hollywood. Uh-huh. So I work, you know, many times with a lot of producers, writers, actors there all the time. And it was interesting to see that during COVID, Hollywood had shut down. But Christian ministries and television was going strong. Yeah, and the impact has been even greater in a lot of ways. So much Which greater. is so encouraging, right? Yes. I, I love that. I think it's brought a lot of hope. Um, yes. I know that you guys have seen churches really transition to streaming in a whole nother way. Like, what are some of those successes that have happened? Well, you know, we've had churches come and say, you know, I've had six or 700 on a Sunday morning. Now I'm getting six or 7,000 on a Sunday Amen. morning. And that's what's great. And I love right. how I've, I, you know, we are intersecting, our lives are intersecting with a global community of churches out there. Yeah. People are not just watching their church. Now they're watching a church in Africa. They're watching yeah. a church in India. They're watching yeah. a church in Australia. They're watching several in America. And I've seen where people, um, the statistics show that not only are they watching one you know, their own church, which is wonderful. They might be watching several different messages every week. So it's, it's amazing. And, you know, it's, sometimes it takes that uh, abrupt halt, right, that makes people transition, and they're forced into transition. And then you can kind of look back and say, wow, this was really good. Yeah. Well, I love to look at the pandemic, not from the negative side of it, from what we can take and use it to yeah. grow and to see it as an opportunity That's to grow so good. and to move forward. That's good. What other positive things have you seen? I mean, I know you're very hope filled yes. and you have that positive <laughs> outlook. So what, what are some other positive things you've seen? Well, with, for instance, even with my influence lab, having traveled all over the world, speaking and teaching specifically a lot of times with women's groups, with women's teaching, acting, teaching, producing, yeah. directing, doing different programs. Now um, I was having local gatherings yeah. in Los Angeles, sometimes New York, sometimes Nashville. But now uh, we were doing webinars, even myself online, and being able to pull in all of these women and nationals from all over the globe. Yeah. So and even from that, it was yeah. terrific. And I've seen some of that. And, and really, if... COVID hadn't hit, you probably wouldn't have that available online. So even for our audience, if you're, if you're listening now, go check out influencelab.com. Is that, That's is that correct? correct? Yep. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. Thank you. And you're impacting a lot of people that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. And I think that's an encouragement to anything that's digital ministry, anything that's online, like we can be reaching the edges, you know, everywhere right. um, in a whole different way. Yeah. It's well, one good. of the things I do at Cook Media Group is to study futurists. I need to know where are the eyeballs going to be in the future. Yeah. And futurists are 10 years out. Yeah. And pre-COVID, they were already saying, if you're not in the digital world, you're behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the future of even, even leadership around the country, you know, we can fly here and we can fly there in a few hours and 
but that's not going to be fast enough in the future. Mm-hmm. That leaders in the future, if they're not going to be digital leaders, yeah. they're not going to be the leaders wow. of the future. Tell me more about that. Like, what does that look like? So, How does that happen? A great, great guy to pick up is uh, Bob Johannesson. He's a, he runs the Institute of the Future in Silicon Valley. Was a pastor originally. God called him because of his passion into the future and uh, studies it, gets information out. He wrote a great book called uh, Leadership Literacies mm-hmm. about where, how we will be leading in the future. And that was one of his, his, his um, uh, focuses is that in the next 10 years, leaders will have to be leading online and they'll have to be able to lead digitally um, in order to, to grow and to be the, influences of the influencers of the future. At Women of Faith, we not only care about your spiritual health, we care about your physical health too. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that we are to be obedient to Him by taking care of the body He gave us. Our new sponsor, Faithfully Fit and Free, shares this belief, and they're driven by a passion for helping people achieve a healthy body, a healthy mind, and a healthy spirit. You can visit faithfullyfitandfree.com to discover products that give you more energy and support your immunity, along with superfoods, personal care, and more. I personally love their mission and I love their products because I feel incredible taking them. And I know you'll love them too. Plus, when you place your first SmartShip order, you receive a free devotional. Check out faithfullyfitandfree.com where the focus is on a healthy body, a healthy mind, and a healthy spirit. That is so intriguing to be thinking about where are we going to be at in 10 years? Where we, I mean, gosh, sometimes it's hard to be thinking about where we're going to be at in six months or a year, but we have people out there studying the future of what do we need to be doing. And I think as, I think I've heard you say as Christians, it just seems like we're not looking to the future as much as the, the world is. Yes. And we're focusing on trends. Sometimes we get yeah. so connected with popular trends yeah. that we're not seeing the bigger picture. Yeah, you know, I love how uh, the Bible has 1500 references to the word go. He's God. We, we serve a God who's in the future. Mm-hmm. He's on the run. He's on the go. Go, go means. Yeah. I laughingly say even Moses, uh, Moses's brother, Aaron, yeah. was the first PR person in the Bible. <laughs> He was Moses' mouthpiece, right? You're so right. That's great. And if it hadn't been for Aaron, I mean, you know, I, I have this picture of, of Moses in the desert when in front of the burning burning bush yeah. and God finally going, ah, okay, finally, I, you know, yeah. you're, you know, Moses keeps saying, no, I can't go. I don't have a, you know, I can't yep. talk. I don't have a uh-huh. loose, I have a, t- you know, tight tongue. I can't talk. And God's going, ah. Finally, I'm just going to send your brother Aaron. He's going to be your mouthpiece for you. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah. And I love that go, um, you know, there's a lot of action in the Bible. We're just to sit there and wait for it all to happen. We are to walk, right? We that's are to walk. Right. We are to move forward. We are to be doing something because we have to walk in faith. We don't, I mean, it doesn't say sit in faith. Yes. Right. No. And we are a doing culture, aren't yeah. we? We are a moving culture these right. days. 24-7, we're going. Yeah. We're a busy culture. And so how do we embrace that? I, I know there's a lot of studies about sitting back and, and that time to relax sure. and a time to reflect and all of those kind of things. And, and that, trust me, we need that. We yeah. need that time. There are more cell phones in India than there are toilets. And believe me, oh. they need toilet, toilets in India these wow. days. So that's the media generation and the culture we live in today. Yeah. 
That's really good. Um, your husband, Phil, and you work together as co-founders yes. of Cook. And um, I heard your husband say one time, and I'm sure you say this a lot too, it's not about work-life balance. It's about work-life integration. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Marriage, work together, um, how does that, yeah, how does that happen? That's true. It's the integration of yeah. it. I mean, uh, whenever we travel, for instance, all these countries we go to, we try to go in a day or two early. We like, yeah. like to learn the culture. We like to go to the museums. We like to get to know the people. We like to see the area. And that's fun for us. So yeah. we, inter- we, we kind of mix all those kind of things up. I was just in Tennessee last, last week. My son-in-law and daughter are shooting their first feature film. Wow. And so we were kind of there to kind of assist them, but we worked in a, some family vacation that's, into it as well. So yeah. we we mix it all together and it, we make it work. And that's what's been, to me, a, an incredible beauty, the beautiful part of it. Yeah. Uh, marriage is, is supposed to be working together. Yeah. You know, I have a great story about um, when I was full-time as an actress in, my, in the early 90s. I had just come to Hollywood. I was trying to get my foot in the door. And I got a phone call from a very leading um, uh, agent there in town, a publicist at the time. This was back in the 90s when we mainly had agents and managers and publicists were just coming into the, into the uh-huh. business big time for us. And uh, so I knew this guy um, and his assistant called me up and said, you know, Michael Cena, an, an, an audition you did earlier in the week and he's thinking about repping some actors. Would you be willing to come in and to speak with him. And I, you know, how fast can I say yes? Yeah, of course. And uh, so I went in on a Friday. And um, of course, your first question is always, so tell me about yourself. Isn't it? Every interview, <laughs> yeah. tell me about yourself. And so I was starting rattling on, you know, we had moved here in 91. My husband's a producer, director. I'm an actress. My daughter's an actress, you know, and we've been married about 20 some years now. And um, he goes, whoa, 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 wait. He said, what? And I said, I've been married about 20 some years and I have two daughters. And he goes, no, 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 no. He said, your husband's a director, a writer, producer. You're an actress, you have children. You've been married 20 years. He said, you know, I'm about ready to sign my divorce papers for the third time. He said, I've been successful at everything I've wanted to accomplish in life, but I've never been able to be successful at marriage. Wow. How have you done that? So good. And so, you know, you're in that position, you know, and God, you know, you feel like it's the time stops, right? And in this ear, it's God speaking to me saying, this is why you're here. And in this ear, the deceiver saying to me, but you know, if you tell him the truth, he's not going to represent you. You better not do that. It'll ruin your career. Wow. And this ear, God's saying again, this is why I brought you here. And so I looked across him and I said, look, Michael, I said, I know you are Jewish. I said, I'm a Christian. I said, I believe in Jesus Christ. And I said, I accepted Christ as my savior as a young child. And I've learned what it was like to be in a committed relationship for a long time. I learned when there were sufferings going on, when there was pain in the family, when I didn't feel God in my life and when God was very much a part of my life and I was truly um, enamored with him and in love with him. And I was in, in, and so I've gone through the whole process up to that point. So I said, when my husband asked me to marry him, I knew what commitment was going to look like in a marriage. And I said, that was, that's the most important thing. I knew that sometimes he was going to have to be raised up and I had to be lower. There were times when I was going to be raised up and he had to take over. Mm 
And it was, it's that balance again of what's going on. And I said, I sat there for almost two hours then sharing my faith, who I was, all of the part of it. And I, you know, walked away, you know, we had a great conversation and I thought, you know, I probably won't hear from him again. And so Monday morning, I did get a call from his assistant and said, you know, Michael absolutely loved your conversation together, but unfortunately he's not going to be able to take on anyone else right now. His client, Dodi Fayeds, was just killed in the Paris tunnel with Princess Diane, and he is now going to be very full. His schedule is going to be very full. And I thought at that second, I said, yes, that was why God put yeah. me there at that very moment is to wow. witness to him for no other reason. And I, you have to be obedient. You know, I love that scripture leader that says, even though he was God's son, Jesus learned obedience through his suffering. Yeah. We so have good. to learn obedience. So you had a choice to make. You could listen to this side or you can listen to this side. Yep. And regardless of what your hope was coming out of that, your hope was to get hired. Yes, right? of course. But there's always something higher. Better. So much better. Yeah. Am I, do I ever re- regret not being hired by him? Never. But yeah. I, I would have regretted for the rest of my life not speaking up. What has been some fun things that you have done? I mean, <laughs> you've, got, you've named several places already. What are some really cool well, things you've done? Well, uh, you know, over the years, Phil and I have been able to share in scuba diving. Wow. So we've gone under the sea in some of the most interesting places. The last place we were in the Solomon Islands, we were diving around all the um, lots of army uh, ships, Navy ships wow. and things and planes that have been, you know, were down during World War II. Wow. So that was, that's been kind of funny. In and out of sharks and... Um, wow. You know, <laughs> with the walruses in various places. You and are a risk, so, a risk taker. Anyway, huh? it's kind of fun. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we've done that. We've uh, had fun hot air balloon rides mm-hmm. in various places. We've done some incredible things. So, you know, those are spectacular things to things. But really, um, some of the most wonderful experiences I've had was working with, for instance, the poor on the street in mm-hmm. Calcutta. Um, helping serve them um, on the street. Um, that really shows your heart. You can go from hot air balloons and <laughs> and swimming with the sharks to feeding the poor. I mean, thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of people don't think of those things as being some wonderful traveling experience. I mean, that's what changes your heart. Yes. It builds compassion for those people in a way that other activities never could. It, it's so much more fulfilling. And yeah. I mean, I have a lot of fun. Um, yeah. we, we, you know, I remember one time in India, it was my, my, I'm a 4th of July baby. Oh, wow. And so I laughingly, they wanted us to come over when they were arranging the, the trip for us. And I said, well, you know, it's on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I have to have fireworks, you know, <laughs> and they were laughing and stuff. So, you know, we went out for a, an evening meal that they had planned for me and we walked out of the restaurant and they had gotten fireworks so I mean so good so fun Um, Um, I'm a July baby too my birthday is July 13th and everybody around me knows when my birthday is because we celebrate the whole month of July there you go yeah yeah Yeah. we got to have something to celebrate um what would be the name of the story of your life if you had to create a title for the story of your life Uh, what would you make it um you know I I I would say I'm a perennial flower. I'm a perennial bloomer. Yeah. I, I think that that is the most wonderful thing about having a long relationship from the beginning wow. with the Lord is that God every year 
grows and blooms something new in your life anew. Um, Even through COVID and all of the experiences and things that people have been through, God's growing new things in all of our lives. And, um, you know, I didn't, I, I, I started out in life in Las Vegas, Nevada, which is a very unusual place to grow up. Um, my yeah. father was recruited. Uh, he was the first basketball coach in 1949. Uh, Bugsy Siegel had just built his first casino in 47. And Vegas really literally went from a watering hole to a uh, city. And wow. they had to have schools. So my father had been a big basketball college uh, coach. And so uh, they recruited him to come to Vegas and nothing going on there. But um, that was just, you know, I saw from the very beginning what happened behind the bright lights of things. And I saw, and I think that God prepares you for all of those kind of things growing up. But but saying all that, you know, he he has put a DNA in all of us um, that he wants to um, see flourish. Yeah. And so... um, one of my favorite things growing up was an outdoor trash can that my mother filled with old rags and things from thrift shops and yeah. the Salvation Army and places yeah. like that. And I would create my own stories and characters. I laughingly say, even my Barbie dolls, I had Victorian tr- dresses made for them <laughs> so I could my, do my Victorian stories. Wow. But, you know, God never wastes anything. He, yeah. he develops us all through, through his life. But I wanted to please my parents. There was some, you know, some, I had had a brother who'd passed away early on in life. We were very close. And um, my father had been a teacher, basketball coach, and I thought I could go into teaching. So I went into teaching. You know, God never wastes anything. And so uh, just in saying all that, just developing my life just through on and on and I and I never really picked up a pen to do any writing until I was in my 50s so you know I went from a theatrical acting career to a teacher to um you know just all over so I'm constantly re-blooming right yeah I mean and and you continue to flourish and the roots grow deeper the the flowering becomes yes bigger, more beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would say this is a, a very oh, beautiful well, product help for today <laughs> devotional. Um, I love the concept of this. Okay. Tell me how this like got started. Why did you decide to call it hope for today? Well, I was blessed, um, you know, to, to be asked to write a devotional in 2018. And, um, so I, you know, pray, always pray, what, what, what do you want me to share, yeah. God? And so the devotional it was what God slayed on my heart. And, um, and when you're doing a devotional, it's different than writing a book. A devotional is about you and your engagement with God, not my engagement right. with that reader. But how is that reader going to enra- yeah. engage with Great God? Great point. And so um, prayed about it. And God had put me through a few a series of um, adventures, I'll say, along the way in our travels. In 2002, we were in a almost uh, almost had our lives taken away in a bombing attempt in London. Um, it's considered um, London's 9-11. Wow. We uh, were there shooting a documentary wow. uh, on William Wilberforce and um, where we were headed to the British Library to film some documents that we wanted to, to shoot for the documentarian. We would have been in the subway or the tube, they call it there. Yeah. And it exploded, of course. So we would have been in that explosion. But we were on the street, which down the street from us, right next to us, the bomb went off on the top of the bus. So it blew up. Wow. And needless to say, we didn't make it to the 
to the shoot that day, but the wow. next day we did get back to the to the British Library, and the um, curator came up to me and she said, "I know you've you know set aside all these other documents, but she said I think you might be interested in seeing this as well." And she handed me Anne Boleyn's Bible, and Anne Boleyn for our listeners and readers. You know, followers. It was the second wife of Henry VIII. Wow. Um, she was in the tower holding that Bible when they led her to have her cut head cut off, of course. Um, there's so many th- things a part of that story, but basic, and I can go on forever about it. Sure. But, but again, the, the Lord spoke to me at that moment. He said, we do not appreciate, you do not appreciate the word of God and how it's been written and the, the, the things that, we, that people have had to go through yeah. in history in order yeah. for it to be with you. Wow. He said, you need to, you know, really cherish this word of God. Wow. And so fast forward, we started working with a group called the Center for Bible Engagement a few years later who did a million-dollar research study, eight-year study, on the habits and activities of Christians and what we do that actually affects our lives in positive ways. And they found the most single, most important thing that we could do as a Christian, whether it was, you know, reading our Bible, praying, going to church, watching TV, whatever it was, the single most important thing that could change our lives in a positive way was Bible engagement four or more times a week. And why four? It's because... that is when we start positively changing the direction of our life. In fact, they found that if you're only reading the Bible one to three times, it'll make no difference in your Bible, much different than someone who never reads the Bible at all. Yeah. So, And that's so true. I mean, I know that you are very spiritually strong um, and you're going to read the Bible every day. And so you formatted this so that you have four devotionals each week. So you get in there. And I know at the beginning you say, I don't encourage you just to read what's in this devotional. Go read the entire chapter, at least on whatever we're talking about for the day. And yeah, it's such a good book. I would highly encourage anybody. Um, How else can people follow you? Because I want to make sure people can follow you everywhere. Yeah. So I'd love for people. I have a weekly blog at KathleenCook.com and Cook has an E on the end. Cook Cook E. E. I'm a cookie. Yes, we don't want to forget that. <laughs> so Kathleen Cook, Kathleen with a K, KathleenCook.com. And then I have a weekly journal that I uh, edit called yeah. the Influence Lab Journal. Yeah. Um, it's, it's designed wonderful. for a lot of uh, people who are in media and entertainment or in leadership. Yeah. But I tell everybody, if you own a cell phone, you're in media. <laughs> so you're welcome to be a part of it. And I do some things called interviews, which is an I-N-N-E-R-V-I-E-W-S, an interview of Got how it. God is, has has intersected with uh, people's lives. And uh, so it's, it's fun. So, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, I'm on all social media. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. KathleenCook.com. So the, um, the word can actually transform you. How about that? How about so, that? How about that? So, you know, I talk about it a lot. I, I talk about replacing your thought life. Well, what do you replace it with, right? You have to replace it with scripture. You have to replace it with the word, right? I mean, that's the whole point of, you know, that's how God transforms our lives. Tell me, how has God transformed your life, you know, through the word? Like, is there some specific scripture that you cling to or how do you have spiritual strength yourself? It's, it's so true. You know, um, I, I, one of the studies that I just finished was um, research showing us that the word remember in the Bible is in the Bible five times more than the word believe. And the word remember is in the Bible two to one over the word trust. 
Mm-hmm. So God wants us to remember stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. And how are we going to remember stuff if we're not personally engaging all the time with that word of God? Yeah. So we need to be in the word and have that resonate within us to remember. I, I, I also love how even, you know, Jesus said in the, with the Last Supper, do this in remembrance yes, of me. That's great. Do this. Yeah. And so I'm, I encourage people to get back in the word and to just do it that that has been a part of it. The word is a lamp unto our feet yeah. and a light unto our path. Yes, and and you don't have the light if you're not in the word. You just don't. You don't. You just don't. Well, you just won't. My question to you is this. Do you read scripture every day? In our always real time together, I want to encourage you and I want you to grow. So can I challenge you today? You know, as Kathleen shares, our hearts are truly changed when we're reading the word four times or more per week. And I'll just share my own personal testimony when it comes to reading scripture. And my hope is that this will help you. I grew up as a Christian, going to church, always proclaiming to be a Christian my whole life. And I'm so thankful for this. And I learned about God. I understood who God is and what Jesus has done for us. And then once I started reading the Bible every morning, reading the living word, everything changed for me. There was a transformation that really took root in my heart. I went from mostly understanding being a Christian as like head knowledge to allowing the transformation to work in my heart because the living word was moving in me. Scripture started to come alive. I really started to understand how it applied to my life because of the character of who God is and it started changing my heart. The motives of my heart really started transforming in a way they hadn't before. So my challenge to you is this, open your Bible (laughs) and simply start reading every morning. If you're anything like me, it wouldn't be an instantaneous transformation. But if if you just start a little by little, day by day, week by week, month by month, you'll be transformed more and more into the image of your creator. Give it a try. I know it will work for you because this is God's promise to you. I have so many other things I want to talk to you about. I'm going to ask you three more questions and we don't have a lot of time left, but I want to ask you about Hulda. Tell us about Hulda. Yes. Second Kings, Second Chronicles. I'm going to challenge re- our viewers out there. Go out there and read it yourself. Yes. I want you to get back in the word. I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but uh, just briefly, uh, we some of us may remember the story of King Josiah. He was the, the child king. Age nine, he becomes king. Um, you know, Judah, the kingdom has fallen, the, uh, the, the Jerusalem has fallen, the kingdom has fallen, Israel has fallen. And um, by the age of 18, he um, recognizes the importance of rebuilding the temple. Yeah. God is a part of, he recognizes God, that God has to be pr- foremost in his life. Um, and lo and behold, they find the Torah. Yeah. You know, what we call the Torah yeah. these days, the book of meaning, the book yeah. of laws. And the assistant to Hilkiah, the top, the high, um, high priest comes in and says, we found this book in the middle of the t- temple. And he said, well, read it to me. 
And of course, he starts hearing about who God really is. And he rents his clothes and he says, go find me right now, that person who's going to save us. Because right now we're going to, you know, hell in a handbag, so to speak. We're we're out of here. We're dying. He said, you go find me that person who can save us. And Hilkiah, the high priest, the Bible says, goes directly to Huldah. Now, who in the heck is Huldah? Huldah is the wife of the dresser of the high priest. You know, you, you, you get a picture of this little lady. She's weaving the clothes yeah. and the cloth. She's ironing in the background. She's yeah. putting the seams in, you know, dressing. She's the wife of the dresser because she's not even allowed to dress the high priest. Sure. Uh, so how does Hilkiah, the high priest, know who she is? Yeah. Well, don't you think that she's going in the background a little bit? Hey, Hilkiah, did you know about this and God? Hey, Hilkiah, God told me this. And so when Hilkiah's life is on the line with the king, he goes directly to her, a woman, a woman in leadership. What I love about this right now is for us as women who are sometimes feel that we are in suffering or we have been put down because we are not being recognized for who we are, that Huldah had the right attitude. First of all, she didn't say to Hilkiah, she didn't say, well, you take me to the king because it's me that's going to tell him what's going to happen. She said to Hilkiah, okay, this is what's going to happen. And it's not me. Three times she says, thus saith the Lord. It's good. It's God's speaking, not me. So good. It's it's his perfect number. And everything she historically says happens, happens historically, and that his kingdom will eventually fall. It will be falling apart again, but it won't happen until Josiah's death. And that's history shows that that happens. But it's such a great teaching for us as women, how to be leaders, how to lead when we're in the background, how to stay in the background. And that's okay. God's given us a purpose. It's like my earlier story with Michael, the publicist. You know, it wasn't my job there to get yeah. that agency job. My job was to be in the background and to witness for what God yeah. want, wants, wanted to happen. Yeah, such a good word. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Um, you know, we're here at NRB Live 2021. If you've heard a lot of background noise, it's what we're here for. <laughs> I know you're being honored by sharing um, with everyone here as well. You're doing such good work. You are a woman in leadership. Uh, um, thank you. I want to ask you two last questions. We're going to sneak two more in. <laughs> two more in. So this one's pretty fast. It's time for the Kathleen's truth bomb of the show. You get like 30 seconds. What's what's on your heart? If somebody was listening to the show, what's the like quick t- takeaway of Kathleen's wisdom? I think coming out of COVID right now that women don't, again, kind of going back to the Holda story again, yeah. they don't feel worthy. They don't feel seen. Yeah. You know, I love how... If you go back again and read the story of Sarah and Abraham and Hagar, Hagar was running for her life, right? She was not seen. She's the only woman in the Bible that gets to name God. All the other names in the Bible were named by a man, but she's the only woman in the Bible. She names God, the God who sees me, El Roy. That is so cool. I did not know that. That is really neat. She's the only one. And and God named her son, the God who hears. I hear you, I see you, and I hear you. And I think as we come out of COVID that so many of us are trying to figure it out again. Where is our place? What are we worthy of? Does God really see where I am? Especially in the media business that we're in, it's so competitive, especially as women. It's so challenging at times. 
God sees us. Yeah. God sees you. Yeah. God sees us. I love that you're so hope-filled. And I'm just cheering you wildly. I mean, <laughs> that's the one thing I think in that competitive world, like I'm cheering you. I'm cheering you wildly because I want to see you succeed. This life is a life of abundance. This isn't a life of scarcity. A lot of people think that the life is like this piece of pie. And if you don't get your cut of it, you're yeah. out and there's not enough left. But God is a God of abundance. And that is not true. That's and not there's true. enough for everybody. I can cheer you on because there's enough for you. There's enough for me. And you know what? God takes care of the sparrows. Why wouldn't he take yes. care of me? So that's what's so intriguing that when we live that way, our life flourishes. flourishes. It I grows. Love that. There's yes. favor and blessings yes. all over the place. Yes. That. I want you to ask her one, answer one last question. <laughs> one more thing. <laughs> Only one. <laughs> I said three. We're getting there. Um, advice to your younger self from 10 years ago. What would you say oh. to this Kathleen from 10 years ago? Don't limit yourself. It's good. You can do anything God's called you to do. Don't think about the money. Don't think about what you look like. Yep. Don't think about where you live, whatever. Never if give God up. calls you into that, yeah. he's going to make it happen for you. But you have to also do your job. Yep. You got to get back in the word. You got to be there regularly. You got to know where your source and your power yep. is. God's given us the authority to do all that we can do and given us that strength to do it. So good. go for it. Go for it. And I wish I would have known that I would have gone further I think yeah. and, and younger faster yeah you're doing wonderful work thank yeah. you for being on thank you such a blessing to have you we'll have yeah. you again oh I love that thank thanks you so much this show was brought to you in part by faithfully fit and free ICCI and OneShare to learn more go to womenoffaith.com